0: from the heart of room terror this is league of legends radio with your host ponderous sea lion
1: breaking news reddit indecisive high greatest player ever esports better than real sports all this and more with things to ponder at 11 Yes, I'm here on the scene of the World Championship Center, where Hai just defeated SKT, TSM, and CLG at the same time in a 5-on-15 match to determine who would be the greatest esports in the history of the universe. The victory was due largely in part to the shot calling of the team's leader and jungler, Hai, who read it, after calling utter garbage about three months ago, is now hailing as the greatest player North America has ever produced. High was forced to drop out of the LCS due to his severe alcoholism earlier in the season, but the team's poor performance after he left proved that his shot calling, even when completely smashed, was still better than the combined efforts of the rest of the team. When asked why High was coming out of retirement after a literal month, Cloud9 responded with only, You're not a real reporter. How did you get into our house? This has been Ponderous Sea Line with Things to Ponder, letting you know that trespassing isn't actually a real crime if you really like the person whose property you're on. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on yet another episode of League of Legends Radio. I am your host and apparently reporter, Ponderous Sealine, and I want to thank you guys for downloading this episode. We'll be talking to Evolution Gaming's own Ivan about the tournaments that he runs, and I'll also be sharing my thoughts on the Mordekaiser rework and what I think Riot did correctly and incorrectly about it. Transition! <laughs> All right, guys, we're here this week with Ivan from Evolution Gaming. Ivan, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. You currently run the EVG tournaments. Could you tell me a little bit about what those are?
0: Uh, EVG tournaments stands for Evolution Gaming, basically a Riot-sponsored tournament server that we have on the TeamSpeak 3 client. Uh, It's been up for about three years, basically, just host tournaments can be... Random sorted, uh, pre-made, ARAM, any game mode on League, and players from all around the world uh, participate and compete for RP.
1: So it's just they show up at the TeamSpeak client and you guys randomly assort them into teams.
0: Yes, that is our unique. Uh, that's what makes us unique and different from all the other tournament servers. one of the rare ones because we're probably one of the only ones to actually do that. The only time we ever ask for a player's rank is if, if during the middle of the tournaments a player has to leave. So for Ringers, that's when we ask for their rank. And then we'll just replace the person that left the same division or tier.
1: You are the current owner of Evolution Gaming. How long have you been the owner and how long have you been running these tournaments for? I actually am,
0: would say, the co owner. The one who created it all is the Pink Goat. Uh, this last month we actually became a LLC, that's limited liability company, and he just became the CEO of EVG. We've been on the server for about a year.
1: And when did you guys decide that you were going to have a bigger role in this?
0: Uh, I came on because I was told that apparently you can win free RP. And <laughs> kind of, you know, after all the years I spent money on RP, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars. And I found this server, and I was like, you know, this seems like pretty cool people. I liked my my mod that I had. He was a pretty cool guy, and I'm like, you know, let me try helping out, apply for stuff. And I applied. I got accepted. I got trained. My first couple of days went well. I got promoted into a tournament admin. Basically, I hosted a lot, maybe like five days out of the seven days of the week. I got promoted to the first part of upper staff. I started doing more management things, managing the lower staff, doing forms and all that. Then I eventually was trusted by the pinko, and
1: he made me co-owner. And now I do prizing forms, and I give out the prizing to all the players every day. And, yeah, it's been really fun for me. So, about how long does it take for you to go through all the, uh, paperwork to fill out the Riot Points forms and to give that out to everyone?
0: Well, there's separate parts of the form. There's the requesting and there's the, uh, giving out the RP to players. There's, um, basically there's one form for every bracket we have. And, you know, we used to have seven, eight brackets. Currently we have, like, about five. So, and now that Ever since July, when Riot changed the pricing, now there's fifth through eighth place, so that's another 20 players to add. So basically, it's 40 players every form. I'd say maybe seven, eight minutes of just entering the the players' names. I also take the extra step and I write down any player's name that hasn't registered, because in our tournaments you have to, or any tournament you got to register for you to be eligible for your RP so basically I write down all the players who don't register and then when they you know ask like you know why didn't they get my RP I just find their name they don't register and then I'll help them out I'll email Riot and you know this player didn't register you know can please help them out help them get their RP
1: what sort of steps did you have to go through in order to get Riot sponsored and invested in these tournaments and willing to give you guys the free Riot points uh,
0: well, at first, it did start off as a raid call server, and I know that was hell. It, it like, it wouldn't have, it took a much longer time than it would now uh, to make, like, each team. It probably got us, like, an hour to start the actual tournament. Uh, and then, you know, now it takes literally, like, a minute and a half. We have a, a bot that was made that we spent a lot of money on. And it instantly makes all the teams put the type of a command on the Teamseek server. Yeah,
1: and is there any sort of profitability for you as the co-owner in doing this or is it just because you like doing it? I'd
0: say it's just because I like doing it. The money we make, we give all of it back to the players. It's just to make the server bigger and you know make all the players happy. I join to make you know people happy. I make three inch people happy every day. You know, they tell me thank you, you know, for hosting these. I stay up five hours every day doing this.
1: Wow, so you actually spend five hours out of your day every day to run these? Yep,
0: sometimes longer, depending on when the tournament's done.
1: Is that your favorite part about doing it, is just helping everyone have fun and have yeah, a way to get Riot Points?
0: Yeah, it's probably the main reason. I, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing a good deed to other people. People I've never even met, probably I'll never see.
1: Do you guys do anything specifically to try and grow your player base of players who participate in these Evolution Gaming tournaments?
0: Yeah, we try all kinds of things. forum posts, we try uh, we sponsorships, all that. We're currently sponsored by G2A. Uh, things like that, you know. Uh, a lot of it is like word of mouth. You know, players have a good time, they tell their friends, their friends come on, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, when I was first um, playing in one of these, it was probably like seven or eight months ago, and uh, it was just one of my friends told me, and it was the weirdest coincidence because he and I actually ended up on the same team the first time that we did it. Out of like 400 players, we were on the same team, and we ended up getting like second place in that tournament. So, yeah, it was actually really cool. I really enjoyed doing the tournament, so thank you for hosting them again. Oh, you're welcome. Um, You know, it's it's a nice thing. You know, you mean... uh...
0: Well, most of the time, you have new players every time you play in the tournament. And, you know, it's more of that competitive feel. It's not just, like, a random solo queue game. You jump into League of Legends, you actually have four people, you're staying with them for the next four to five hours, you know?
1: Do you mind if I ask you a little bit about the differences between this and solo queue? Like, some of the different dynamics that would actually make it feel different than solo queue? Well, yeah, and, well, in
0: solo queue... You know, there's always, it's, you're not really communicating as much. Well, of course you are, but not as much as you would in a tournament. You know, solo queue, you're you're limited to pings and chat and maybe any outside source, only if they're willing to cooperate, like, you know, curse voice or any of that, which most of the time they probably won't. You are just ending up typing whenever it takes longer. Uh, in a tournament server... You're literally in a room with your four teammates and you're speaking with them It's less time consuming there's more coordination at the end. you know you do get to know each other better, believe it or not in a way
1: it's it's just overall more teamwork yeah, so it's the the element of communication yeah, yeah, so do you think that that provides a, a more enjoyable experience like do you enjoy the tournament setting more than the Competitive solo queue setting, personally. Uh,
0: personally, mm, yeah, I do actually. Uh, Cause you know, in solo queue, all not all people are are good and and in the sense, I mean, like in the sense of uh, friendly. Uh, I mean, it could go the other way for of service too. You know, not all people are going to be the nicest guys, but. There's less less uh, chance, I'd say the word is, for the person to actually be BM or mean or something because like then you're in a room talking to them. It's verbal communication. It's different.
1: Yeah, like when I'm watching my little brothers play CSGO and they have these toxic people on the voice comms, it's weird because when I'm in the tournaments or even when Cursed Voice was really big and everyone wanted a beta key and you would actually end up with people and it was a big hype thing and oh let's do Cursed Voice together and when you're just in the lobby for solo queue there's, I've never seen anybody really being toxic on voice comm in League of Legends and I don't really know why that is because it happens in other games like especially FPS games everyone's incredibly toxic on the voice comms but then for some reason it just doesn't happen with League of Legends as much
0: well League of Legends is more it's, it's really a team game like, there's some times where maybe somebody can solo carry, but in the end, it's, it really is a team game. It's that, that's why they don't have solo queue, like, tournaments like LCS, and no such thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, speaking of LCS, I wanted to ask you about a dynamic that I noticed when I was playing in the tournaments, because I was, this was probably back when I was, like, high gold or low platinum when I was playing, and they would actually, a lot of the time, if I was one of the highest ranked players on the team, they would actually like target ban Master Yi and Lee Sin and all these champions that I played against me. Do you see that a lot in the tournaments? Like, these higher diamond or platinum players having their favorite champions banned against them specifically?
0: Um, that actually does happen a lot, but you see, the good thing about us being around the tournament, we do allow smurfs. It doesn't matter if you're a smurf. So, we've actually had a few people that are quote-unquote bronze, that are actually like high-diamond players, and you know people have no idea. Um, it is certainly interesting with that new mastery uh, thing that League added a few patches ago. So, basically, you know, in the pre-lobby, they can literally just view your profile and look at your level 5 mastery champions that you mostly played. So, it's interesting to see people play others champions that Maybe they don't play as much.
1: Yeah, so you think that it adds a little bit of strategic value to be able to ban their best characters against them? Yes, of course. Well, is there anything that you would like to talk about about the tournaments, like when they're hosted?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, we do have these tournaments every day at 7.30 Eastern Time. We have a check-in at 7.15. Basically, you join the team speak and we have a room called the AFK Check that will open at 7.15. As long as you join that room and you sign up on the links that we passed out, then you'll be good. You just wait in that room. Once it locks at 7:30 you'll be placed on to a team by our butt. Um, we have four tournaments at 9:30 so we have an A round tournament and we also have pre-made stack tournaments called stacker team that also start at the same time as the normal fives. That is at
1: 7:30. Again guys that was they start at 7:30 every day on their team speak server you can look them up. EVG Gaming, or Evolution Gaming. Ivan, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Riot, I mean, I guess you did it. Um, Mordekaiser, highest win rate ADC in the game, and, uh, I'm doing the whole where you stick your hands up and then you, you like bring down your middle finger and your uh, pointer finger on both hands at the same time to simulate quotes. So uh, it's like ADC with, with air quotes. Mordekaiser in the bot lane is very interesting. I know that's what Riot was going for with this rework, and I guess they succeeded, but is it just his raw power that is distinguishing him and making him so powerful right now? Or is it that they actually did something correct with his design? And contrary to what I want to say, I think it has to be more of the latter. Because if you look at his win rate, he's like the lowest win rate support, which is because Mordecai's support is really freaking dumb. Don't do that. He's got the lowest win rate of any top laner and the lowest win rate of any mid laner. Now, I'm not saying that giving him viability as a quote-unquote AD carry is a good thing or a bad thing, or that destroying his solo lane viability is a good thing or a bad thing, but the fact that they made it character, which shares none of the characteristics that a normal AD carry would have, and can still compete successfully in that role, is impressive. I, I have to say I'm impressed with Riot on this one. I don't love the Mordecai's rework with all my heart, but it's got some really good things going for it, and I think they started off in almost the right spot. Now, you guys know that I do call out Riot on a lot of their design choices, but I'm not going to do that this week because I actually respect them for trying something new. The bot lane meta has been so stale for so long Like, yeah, sometimes certain supports are in favor. Tank supports at the beginning of Season 4, when we would see, like, Annie and Zyra were the dominant supports. Yeah, it goes through shifts, but it's really always been support and eighty carry versus support and eighty carry. We have seen some shift in the meta and top-level play with, like, lane swaps, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, pretty much every team has a support and an eighty carry on it. I don't want to comment on whether or not that's good or bad, And I'm not the kind of person who gets bored of watching something just because the same characters are being used. If any of you guys are familiar with competitive Melee, you're going to see a lot of the same six or so characters in the top matches. It's going to be Fox, Falco, Jigglypuff, Peach, Sheik, and Marth. You just have to understand the game, which I do with both Melee and League of Legends, on a somewhat deeper level. Because I like to see the little things that people do to distinguish one match from another like whether it's jungle pressure or maybe playing more aggressive in one game than in another game and because there's so many matchups and um, different characters that you can play in either role and I don't think it gets too boring to watch the same characters go at it so that's never been my beef with competitive play but at the same time I do know that it is a concern for some people that metas can get stale and that Seeing the same types of champions go into the same roles all the time can get a little bit tiresome. So I really like what Riot has done with the Mordecai's rework for the sheer purpose of it being different. I will criticize that they shoehorned him into that duo lane by changing his passive to whatever stupidity it was. It is now with him getting full EXP for every creep. That didn't make any sense. Like, I I get what you're trying to do, but that that was dumb. I don't think that was a good decision. I also don't like that his W is so completely reliant on being with a teammate in order to have any sort of success with it in a lane. But other than that, I think they just need to change him up a little bit so that he's not as dominant, because one question that people have been asking is, well, is Mordekaiser overpowered, or do people just suck playing against him? And I'm going to have to go with the first one. Riot does have a history of releasing things that are somewhat overpowered. Like, you know, when they reworked Skarner recently, when they reworked Mordekaiser. You know, 65% win rate, never forget. But, yeah, 65% win rate, holy crap, that was so stupid. <laughs> Come on, Riot. Uh, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> I don't, I don't care how unexpected it was. Uh, that was bad. But anyways, tangents aside, the Mordekaiser rework could really use some number tweaking and some balancing out to where he can go. He should either be able to go into a solo lane or a dual lane. It should be a question. It should be a strategic choice for the other team because, of course, some 80 carries do better against Mordekaiser than others. Like, Callista doesn't have a ton of raw damage, but at the same time, she can stay... Away from Mordekaiser, whereas a, a more immobile champion like Jinx might have some more issues. I mean, her chompers are good, but you, you get what I'm saying. So it should it should be a strategic choice. Well, if Mordekaiser goes top, then we'll want to do this. Or if he if we think he's going to 80 carry, we can do this. Blah blah blah. It shouldn't just be oh Mordekaiser going bot. Crap, we lost. <laughs> that would I would say that's the the biggest issue with this rework is not that it's overpowered, but that it it's the f- I don't want to say the first time, but it's definitely the first time that it's been this severe where they've completely closed off a champion from doing multiple roles. Like, it's clear that certain champions are designed to go into certain roles because of the meta. The meta is not a rule book, but it might as well be at this point because when people call AD carry, you know what champions they're going to pick from. They're going to be Ezreal, Corky, Lucian, blah, 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 Vayne, don't pick Vayne, scumbags. <laughs> Seriously, don't pick Vayne. It's going to be one of those champions because that's what people do when they go eighty carry. And now we've got Kaiser. When someone goes support, they're going to Thresh, Leona, Annie. Well, not really Annie anymore, but rest in pepperonis. But you get you get what they're saying. You know somewhat what champion they're going to pick. And I think it's good to shake that up a little bit. To have these champions that can do multiple roles, but then with the Mordekaiser rework, yeah, they shook that up, but at the cost of admitting that the meta exists, which I I understand that as a game developer, you have to keep up with the meta to know what's strong, what needs to be nerfed, blah, 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 but at the same time, it's this is why I complained so heavily. This was before I started the show, so I'm not saying like I complained on an episode, but I just complained to my friends and on the forums and all that stuff about when they added the extra defenses to the turrets in the middle and top lanes early game to prevent lane swapping because it's just an unprofessional enforcement of the meta that should really be a more fluid thing. I mean, I get that there's reasons that this specific meta has stuck for so long, It's to give the teams up to four people that can contest dragon. That's why it's better to have four people bot lane because, or to have two people bot lane, one person mid, one person jungling, because you have the most amount of dragon control that way. Um, It's easier for them to escape ganks in a longer lane because there is two of them to disengage. The AD carry is the strongest class late game, but the weakest class early game. So it makes sense to have someone baby them at the beginning of the game, so they can get to that point. But, they, uh, while there are all these reasons, that doesn't mean that it's the only viable strategy. Like, just talking like theory crafting, something that I've wanted to do, or see, is running something like LeBlanc and Leona bot lane, and then maybe one of the safer eighty carries mid, like Ezreal. And that would give you, I think, more dominance in lane, because LeBlanc is very good at bursting people early game. And when you pair her up with a support like Leona, who has the CC and she can frontline for her, I think it would actually be a really good bot lane, but we've never really seen much of that. Even though AD carries are the weakest class early game, pretty much, they are still capable of surviving in a solo lane. Certain ones are. I mean, AD Kog'Maw is not going to do very well by himself in lane, but... They, they don't instantly get destroyed because they're not paired with a support. So it's good to see this happening. I just don't like the way that Riot forced Mordekaiser into being an eighty carry. Or whatever the hell he is, a juggernaut. A knot. He's an unstoppable knot. Overall thoughts, feelings, reactions, passion, lust, engagement, mystery, murder. Pirate, okay, no, for real. My, my final thoughts are, I like where Riot went when they tried this. Don't like the fact that they enforced it so heavily. Skarner had a 65% win rate, <laughs> and is just a little bit too over-tuned in the duo lane, and a little too under-tuned in the solo lane. So, seeing him be adjusted accordingly would be great, because I love the uh, thought that other champions could go into the bot lane. And yeah, Riot custom-tailored Mordekaiser's new kit to be a bot lane champions, but at the same time, it makes you think if Mordekaiser can be successful in the bot lane, what other champions can be as well. I've seen you know Jarvan go bottom lane with supports. I think Rengar and Thresh went bottom lane in some LCS game. Don't quote me on that, but I think I remember seeing that. League of Legends is such a, such a a cool game in that there's so many different things you can do with every champion. Like, Galio's seen as a mid laner, but if you want to, you can take him top lane and still be pretty successful. I'm pretty excited to see if Riot does anything else like this in the future. If I had to guess, I'd say that the Mordecaiser rework was pretty successful. Like, I'd give it like a 75 out of 100. And I would really like to see more experimentation by Riot on pushing the boundaries of what the meta will allow and how much of the meta really just exists in our own heads because really that's all the meta is. It's just what people have deemed to be the best at this point in time. I mean, when something's been the same for five years or more, it there's probably a reason behind it, but I'd like to see people's thinking shift a little bit more. Just to accept the possibility that maybe we don't always need to have an AD carry bot lane. Maybe there are other things that can replace an AD carry in a team comp. Maybe there's a little bit more we can do to try and push this game to the farthest it can be and the most diverse it can be. Diversity, that's my buzzword for the day. Thank you for listening. Yo, his show's spaghetti. Interviews there are many. You're following him on Twitter already. I really like spaghetti yeah guys so you should really follow me on twitter for more uh rap covers that was uh ms rap god in case you didn't know uh, featuring um chief keef that was a really good song god damn it <laughs> just follow me on twitter already <laughs> hello legends radio on twitter i even rapped about it guys you have to follow me on twitter just for that Just for how ridiculous this outro is, you have to follow me on Twitter. If you don't, you
0: just hate me forever. Okay, bye. This has been Flippity Flop Radio.